time did you go in today? Uh, when I woke up, went in a little bit before seven. Okay. <clears throat> no truck. No, no truck. That's tomorrow night. Ah, okay. All right. Well, I'm sorry to wake you up from your nap to record the podcast. I'm glad you're able to join us, though. Well, at least one of us is. <laughs> <laughs> and that does sound glorious. Oh, my. All right. Kev, glad you're back in your home studio today, not uh, not recording from your truck. That's good. Well, I mean, I still have guests, but it's too fucking cold, so. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> it's, it's either this or you guys hear... Uh, Ruffle, ruffle, robot penis, robot penis. <laughs> so either the bird trips or the robot penis. We can't, uh... Yeah, yeah, no, can't win either I'm, way. I'm moving away from them, too. So. Oh, okay. All right. We'll just cover them up. It's nighttime, right? Don't you just put a blanket yeah. over the cages and call it a day? Oh, no, those still fucking chirp. Oh, okay. Right. Fair enough. Apparently like nocturnal birds. <laughs> it's like they fucking sense me. <laughs> Oh they, they have ears. They probably just hear you. Oh, well, let me get rid of my one cat. Okay, Monica. <laughs> it's yep. like a fucking yeah. zoo over there. Jesus. Oh, yeah. It is. That's like when 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 Morgan's dad uh, had hip surgery, the nurse said, now where you're going to stay, there aren't any dogs or anything, are there? And he's like, <laughs> he's like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm going to Dr. Doodle's house. <laughs> 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 oh man, that's funny. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. And from... that the weekly penitentiary fucking is now a zoo. Yeah. The weekly what? Plant- penitentiary. Oh, penitentiary. Oh yeah, because of the yeah. the. Yeah. Oh, he's got a sign on the wall now, so it doesn't look so Uh-oh. so penitentiary-ish. Well, I've had that like. Uh, yeah, he's had that for a while. I know. A while. We used to have one of those too, but it broke. Like that same type of thing with uh, yeah, your last name and in, in weird letters. Yeah. No, I I literally because I have like other stuff I want to hang down here, and so like I started pulling put stuff out, and then like I went to the garage and I had like screwdrivers and uh, um, screws, and Morgan's like, "Wait, what are you doing?" <laughs> I said, "What?" He's like, "You're not fucking hanging anything up down in the basement." I said, like, "God damn it!" <laughs> like you go down there, right? I don't even go down here. <laughs> nobody does. <laughs> He's like, aside from this brief hour and a half, nobody is ever in this fucking part of the house. Well, yeah. let's hope this doesn't take an hour and a half. Welcome, oh, everybody, God. to a hopefully not an hour and a half edition of the Gimmick Minute Wrestling Podcast. My name is Jason, joined this week by both Kevin and Michael, although Michael has no desire to be here at all. We're happy to have him anyway. <laughs> you can join in on the conversation each and every week by following us on our Twitter account, which is at Live Your Gimmick. That is the at symbol followed by L I V Y O U R G I M M I C K. M O U S E. And he's on camera now. All right. So <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were. I think you were saying something like, "I want to sleep." <laughs> <laughs> So we're here each and every week with you talking about the best from AEW, WWE, and NXT. And of course, I think today we're going to talk a little dark side of the ring, even though I don't think Michael's watched it yet. But uh, but yeah, so other than Michael being sleepy and uh, Kevin being displaced, how are you guys doing? Wait, does this mean Michael's the new sleepy co-host? I think so. He <laughs> might be. 
Hold on, let me. <clears throat> That's gimmick Fine. infringement, isn't it? You guys would yeah. make, you guys would make a hell of a less sleepy tag team. Less sleepy tag, yeah. <laughs> so instead of less sleepy or less oh sexy co host, you make... less sleepy co host. <laughs> you need to make less sleepy tag team champions. Yeah, we just like, but no, our finisher is like we like give people like sleeping pills. <laughs> you, your finisher is a roofie people. Flair. Come on, Cosby. <laughs> I thought maybe it was gonna be like we like we, fucking we, get a pillow and a blanket and we cuddle them in the middle of the ring. He's yeah. like, no, nah, man, we fucking we slip on Mickey. We're, no, we're not gonna like like have sex with him. We just want him to sleep. <laughs> you just want to pin him, yeah, and hook, and hook the leg. Yeah. <laughs> behind, behind your shoulder. Behind not, not your, okay. Not okay. Not okay. Oh, oh my boy. god! All right. Well, <laughs> we're off to a great right. start this week. This is what happens when we don't have a plan. All right. Um, yeah. So, welcome to the show, everybody. I uh, hope um, maybe we'll just cut out the first fifteen minutes or so. I uh, <laughs> hope everybody enjoyed the week. So let's get off. Uh, let's get off to a good start here and, and talk a little wrestling. What do, you, what do you say? So, you know, I just um, just kind of off the rip. You know, WWE starting their. Um, you know, kind of their new season now, and Raw has definitely gotten off to a uh, a hot start with the ladder match last week, and now this week they started off with a women's world title match between Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair. Did you guys catch that ladder match last week at all? I you're talking about the one that we, as we recorded, I was on Twitter talking about. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't talk uh, about it. We didn't talk about it really during the show though, because we hadn't watched it yet. Or yeah, I hadn't watched it. Yeah, yet. we did because I was looking for that's some stupid fucking tweet about something, and then I that's when I discovered that they were having that ladder match, and then I sat there watching clips while you talked. Yeah, you watched clips while we talked, but you weren't reacting or talking about it. So now is the time to talk about I the match. I swore I did. No, not really. Uh, he, um, he did some. You're like, uh... so I, was, I talked about like some of the fucking spots that were there were, and then I was also trying to figure out like how many people were actually in the match and. Yeah, there's four people in the match. It was Ray, KO, Finn Balor, and Seth Rollins. <clears throat> I just remember uh, KO headbutting the hell out of the ladder when he came out. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. something. Yeah, I mentioned was he busted himself open a little bit. Uh, he he very had angry some. At the ladder. He had some really nasty bumps in that match altogether. I mean, he he had doesn't one, he always though? Like Ray Ray went from the inside of the ring to the outside of the outside of the ring and took the ladder down on top of KO. Like, he did that, like, you know, that spot where he, I guess, straddles the shoulders and drops down on the guy, but he did it with the ladder and squished KO on the ground with the uh, ladder. Oh, you're talking about his, his, like, weird teabag maneuver. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but he had the ladder between yeah. his legs. Yeah. So the ladder oh, was yeah. the teabag, and then <laughs> the KO, KO was, on the the, was on the cement floor. <laughs> Uh, and then he also took the the heavy bump off the top of the ladder, or not the no, it wasn't. It was a backdrop through the 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 bridged ladder. So he took the bump mm-hmm. on that too. And then he also had another one with uh, with Finn that he took too. That was that was pretty nasty as well. So all in all, I mean, it was a fun match. It was a good good ladder match, but just crazy that they kicked off Raw. Or not, I guess they didn't really kick off Raw that way, but it was on the the first episode of the new season, and then they kicked it off tonight with the Raw Women's Championship match. So Becky and Bianca had a really good match, very back and forth. And then even Ray and Austin Theory had a good match, but that's about the majority of what I watched tonight. So. That's about 
the majority of more than I've watched tonight. So. Right, That's cool. the majority of more than I watched in the past week. All right, so let's talk a little bit more about. Oh, fuck, I don't even know. At this point, we're just kind of spinning our wheels. I just guess. Go in, huh? Just go. Just go to the dark side. Let's talk about dark side. Dark we haven't side. talked about dark side. Well, I mean, we could talk about the the Ghostbusters. Spot yeah, I, I did want to talk a little dynamite. AW because I, I thought the okay, Ghostbuster spot on Dynamite was fucking awesome. <laughs> so, uh, did you get to see this, Kevin? The Super Elite coming out to their own theme song customized to the Ghostbusters? Just, just a little highlights of it. Okay. You the, know. the theme song really set it off because it was like, um, you know... If there's something strange and it don't look good, who are you going to call? The Elite! And then <laughs> kind of dance it out. <laughs> Great. <laughs> they had a, two different spots with the Proton Pack. Kenny Omega kept it on, and Evil Uno did the springboard in the corner, and Omega turned around, he hit the Proton Pack. And then they did that. It was almost like they used it as they a... They did the Ninja Turtles. Yeah, the, for, nurture, uh, the Ninja Turtles the shell shock. Yeah. yeah. With the Proton like, Packs from, on. From the second movie where they all, like run and then like turn around and hit him with the shells yeah. all four of them yeah they hit that spot for <laughs> yeah that was pretty cool and then um but the i i thought the highlight of it though was the you know it was kind of a goofy match they were dressed up and i i thought the dark order was pretty funny in their costumes but then they had the horse and then the horse came down and i guess everybody just assumed that uh nakazawa was in the was in the state puff costume, but it turns out that the dark order had him and he was in the horse. And then all of a sudden state puff gets in the ring and takes off his head and it's hangman Adam page. And then he just goes crazy and starts beating everybody up. So that was actually a really cool spot. I like that was very well done the way that they did that. So using the kind of goofy Halloween costume idea and then turning it into a, an angle like that, I thought, I thought was pretty good. I'll give them a lot of credit well, for that. And they also had a photo on, somewhere twitter instagram or whatever but like it was all of them before the match with the state puff and and adam page is going like this like yeah oh yeah he's like i think i think kenny said something like um i hate halloween or something like that ruined the photo (laughs) yeah 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 i hate Um, halloween now But yeah, and I also I feel like for now on instead of cowboy shit, it should be stay puff shit. Stay puff <laughs> shit, I like it. <laughs> it the funniest that pop, part that pop was huge. The man. pop was huge. It was. Mm-hmm. And the but the best part about it though is he couldn't get the costume off. Like he couldn't get it off of his legs. So because at the end of it, he tried to like take the whole thing off and like celebrate, yeah. and he couldn't get the pants off. And yeah. yeah, he was like, ah, screw it. And he started walking around <laughs> with them still on his ankles. <laughs> yeah. That was great, oh man! But no, that, that was that was really well done. I, I, were you about to say something, Kev? I might interrupt you. I'm sorry. Oh no, no, I was just clearing my throat. Oh, okay. All right. Let me clear my throat. <laughs> Michael's like, oh, why did I join this podcast? What am I doing? Yeah, why did I wait? Why, why did I wake up? I should have just stayed asleep. I don't wake up for this. Yeah. Uh, we could have recorded like two hours ago, and you could have just gone to bed for the night. Well, you know, if you guys want to record early, I'm going to need you to give me like a four-hour notice, not five-minute notice. Oh, okay. Four-hour, not five-minute. Got it. Okay. Yeah, because then I can plan ahead. But like, if you're going to be like, hey, five minutes from now, you guys want to start? That's never going to Does this seem like a plan-ahead operation to you? It should be. But I mean, <laughs> but it isn't. It's not even a plan on the fly. I'm just saying, <laughs> I run my ship over at Modern Toy for a lot tighter. I, I have to fucking tell my my talent, 
when to be there every week, even though it doesn't change every fucking week because we go live on Twitch. I mean, in fairness, though, when you created Modern Torfare, you had a lot of time without a job to like really kind of hone in and set up your schedule and set up your thing and like kind of build that from the ground up pretty well. Where this has just always been just kind of a fly by night operation. So I give you credit though, like your videos, like your stuff, like all that shit is on point. Like you do a great job with it, but you did have a nice good time to like kind of create the base. Like that was your job for a little while and you made the most of it. So basically basically what you're saying is fuck you, you piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) But I did it while pulling them over. Isn't that great? I mean, I mean yeah. the way I heard it was it's such a better product than what we put on here at Gimmick Minute, um, yeah. but you just had the time to do it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But I gave you credit. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> so yeah, I I thought Dynamite overall was was a was a pretty good show. I will say so. Uh, the other the other Halloween's theme show, obviously Halloween Havoc. Did you guys catch any of that? I saw very little. I saw that. Um, toxicity or whatever the fuck the three woman stable to- with toxic, uh, Mandy Rose toxic attraction toxic attraction yes I saw that they're they're fucking wearing all the the lady gold yes now. they are yeah um I saw I, I, I did I did try my best to watch most of the Champa versus uh Steiner jr mm-hmm. match yeah it was that, that, that was that was probably I, the I, best I, match of the night but go ahead Kev what were you gonna say I just I I was actually I'm actually in favor of that outcome. Me too. Um, because I you know I I don't think Braun's ready for it yet. And honestly, like I think everybody was expecting him. He was going to win, and I love mm-hmm. that they kind of pulled the strings and kept it on Champa. So it also seems like it's going to continue be a continuing like rivalry because apparently for their UK tour the like nightly match card came out and it's going to be like him and, and Trampa on the, the live tour, like going back and forth. So yeah. Yeah. Tells me that they've got more planned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Such, such potential to have like, you know, so many more good matches and they, like you could tell like they could definitely like do different, different things, different spots, something mm-hmm. different every night. So if they're going to really like build up this 2.0 brand, um, yeah, I can definitely see good things with those two. Yeah, without a doubt. The one thing that stood out to me, though, with with this particular event is that this is definitely a rebuilding time for, for NXT. There was, especially that ladder match, you know, and, and I give all the women in that match a lot of credit for, for, for going through that, but there was a lot of spots that were a little botched, a little mistimed, and, and just not as crisp and as clean as what we're used to from from an NXT show, even EO, I think EO even at times seemed a little frustrated because people weren't where they were supposed to be quite when they were supposed to be there, and even mm-hmm. the even the spot at the end where she and that was a brutal spot that she took off that ladder, and she you know if you actually watch it back, she landed pretty okay for for how she fell but when you first saw that live i mean i I feel like that ladder was supposed to break kind of like what happened with kevin owens but it Mm -hmm. it, it didn't break at all and she she bounced right off that sucker like it looked brutal so but uh but yeah i mean it it, and a couple of the other matches were, were, were were along the same vein there it just seemed like a little bit of 
not quite where you want it to be yet. But at the same time, that's they're trying to build new stars. They're trying to create new people. That's to be expected, right? You know, you mm-hmm. still have that on AEW because you have a lot of people that aren't used to working televised matches and things like that. It happens. Like it's it's it it's it can be forgivable in the right situations, and that's kind of the right situation. But the Raquel Gonzalez and Mandy Rose match wasn't bad. I thought it was a little interesting that Dakota Kai made her reappearance um, dressed as the Grim Reaper and hit Dakota with a shovel. Uh, or or uh, hit Dakota, hit um, uh, Raquel, Raquel with a shovel. But um, It's very reminiscent of last year's Halloween Havoc because isn't that what happened with, uh, was it the North American title or something with Johnny Gargano? Mm-hmm. Didn't yeah. It? Oh, yeah, they had somebody. Yeah, yeah the, that's kind of how the way got started because mm-hmm. like, they had people dressed up and been helping them out. Yeah. Yeah, so, I, I want. Totally. I, if we're done talking about NXT, I wanted to bring up something before I forgot. Um, did you guys see results? Anything of Bound for Glory Impact? I saw that Christian dropped the title, but I wasn't sure to who. Okay, okay so, first it was to some dude, and then Moose like came out and won yeah, it. Yeah, so Moose like won earlier tonight, almost a similar like Money in the Bank type thing, whatever. So they, they had this whole thing with Josh Alexander. And who I don't really know of or whatever, but they had this like moment with his wife and his kid and everything. And Moose came out and beat him in like seven seconds and won the title. Oh, wow. So, which is cool. You know, like that's something like, you know, let's talk about heat. That's good heat or whatever. I am glad that like, you know, Christian, like, you know, we we kind of figured he was going to lose it anyway. But yeah, it makes you more guys... sense for him to drop it to someone in Impact than Kenny. Yeah, right. but and what's then... that do for Impact? Okay, but I was I was going to bring this up because I was going to ask a question. But go ahead, Kevin. Keep talking. But did you guys see Moose's uh, promo on uh, the TV show like no, a couple days later? Okay, look at okay, look it up sometime, and and maybe we could talk about it next week or whatever. But I I want you guys to watch it without me explaining it to you and tell me what you think of like what he says and all the things he references. In it, so okay. All right, I'll have to go back and check that out. Yeah, I was I was going to bring that up at some point because I, I saw that Christian lost the title, and then they, they had said something like that was the plan all along. Because the, the, the thing that we kept hearing was that the person who is going to win the, the, the Impact Championship back has already been predetermined, you know. But I feel like we heard that before Christian had even officially signed with AEW. So if that was always the plan... How do they know that was going to happen? But here's my other. I think it probably. I think if originally Kenny was going to drop it to somebody, um, but they must have. I don't know. They must have changed something just along the line. And I guess I guess that's where I kind of have the problem with all this. So they start this relationship, and you know you got Gallows and Anderson coming over and helping their buddies out, and then you got Omega winning the Impact Championship. You bring over Don Callis. And and basically, you take a lot from Impact Wrestling. You take their championship. And then at the end of the day, Kenny Omega, who's one of the biggest stars in the world that could easily help make a star in their company, doesn't lose the title to a star in their company. He loses it to another AEW star. And then... Christian, while I love Christian, he's not anywhere near the name that Kenny Omega is right now. So him losing that title at Bound for Glory, like I didn't even know Bound for Glory was on because at this point, I'm so far like 
I've so far forgot about Impact already that it's not even on my radar at the moment. So well, it could be, they, they could be worse off. They could be Ring of Honor. That's true. Yeah. So, who just no. released all of their people? <laughs> yeah, I, and and you make a good point there. And I, and I was I, th- I think, also I think I was gonna bring is, up, but I I mean, and I could see like it's probably a protection thing too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's it's better. It looked better for Kenny Omega to drop it to Christian than Josh Alexander. Yeah, because but, at the end of the day, here's the thing: while Impact may not have gotten a lot, the ratings bump Impact got solely from Kenny Omega being on their show. People who've never even heard of Impact mm-hmm. may have actually watched it in some way, shape, or form, even briefly, versus the impact of of Kenny Omega losing to some nobody on Impact looks worse for AEW. Well, what's, than it. what's the harm with him losing to like a Sammy Callahan or a Moose or some somebody that is a name in Impact that could make them a bigger name? Because being a name in Impact doesn't make you a name that's like but those well are known enough. but those are names that that uh, like I'm pretty casual when it comes to impact but those are names that I know. You know what I mean? Like, I know I know Moose solely by like I I visually know what he looks like but I've never seen him wrestle. I I right. heard his name mentioned a few times He's, and I know what he looks like just because of this past week with him winning the the title. But beyond that, I have no clue who the fuck he is. He's almost like Jason would you say similar to like a Titus O'Neil? Yeah, like his a bit. like size, style, he, like, you know what I mean, like length, yeah, everything, you know, kind of like a. I think he's a little better, a little better than Titus O'Neil. He, he may not he's be. Definitely I mean, not, he's definitely, he doesn't trip down the entrance. He's way. definitely more coordinated. <laughs> he's more coordinated than Titus O'Neil. I'll give him that. Like, oh he yeah, does, well, he doesn't, I, I think I would say most people. <laughs> he, he doesn't. He doesn't look as lanky as Titus O'Neil does. Speaking of Titus O'Neil, they just ran a little ticker at the bottom of Raw. Apparently, there's a, a school in Florida that is going to be named after him. Yeah, dude does it like he doesn't Titus. really like do anything like within WWE, but on WWE's behalf, he goes all around and does all yeah, sorts like of like brand ambassador and stuff, and shit like that. So mm-hmm. good for him, good for Titus. But yeah, yeah so Titus World Slide. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but to that point though, I just feel like this relationship at the end of the day, really, uh, other than a, a quick boost, didn't really do much for Impact. And again, they're not Ring of Honor. You know, that mm-hmm. that, that whole situation sucks, and everybody that's employed there, that's that's tough for them. I'm sure a lot of those well, guys not really, because here's the thing. But... Unlike some companies, Ring of Honor is paying ev- out the contracts for every single person that they release. Yeah. So if you had a contract to the end of the year, you're getting paid till then. If it was beyond that, you're getting paid till March. So... Well, yeah, you're not guaranteed money into next year. You're free to go wrestle wherever you want because there's no co- non-compete. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they they're not holding the non-compete. They're letting they have a, a one last show that they're still letting mm-hmm. people participate in. But then you know that anybody that is for even before that show, they're free to go somewhere else. There's a few guys I'm sure will find homes. Like Dan Housen is one that I'm sure will like. He's he's been a name over the, over the past like six months that's had a bit of a groundswell. Like I feel like he'll he was on Jericho's cruise too. I feel like he'll he'll probably end up in AEW. And yeah. you know I'm sure there's a few people here and there that'll get picked up. You know somewhere either by Impact or AEW. I I don't know how many would end up in WWE, but. Oh. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, oh, yeah, o- overall, you know, it, it's it, it is kind of what it is. But you know, it, it does suck for them. And you know, what were we talking about before? Then what got us on the topic of that? I feel like we were talking a little bit about. We we're talking about 
uh, NXT, and then he brought up Bound for Glory oh, Bound. and Christian dropping the title, and you being mad that Impact got the shit into the deal. Um. I, it's not that it's not that necessarily that I'm mad about it. It just it just confuses me to like what was the point of this whole relationship? Like, I, yeah, I'll tell was... you what the, the point. One hundred percent, right here. I'll, I'll give it to you. Kenny and the Young Bucks want to play with their friends. There it is. Yep, there it is. There's three the people in power at AEW. They wanted to play with the Good Brothers, who they finally made up with after they fucked them over to stay with WWE. And this is the way to do it. They got a little story out of it. Didn't really get much of anything out of it uh, realistically from Impact. So the good? fact that Impact even got the rub they did is, is yeah. kind of like it's it's good for them. And the Good Brothers haven't been on AEW TV or in a few weeks. Oh yeah, now. That's, that's because the the deal has essentially like been on the the way to expiring. So they like there was no point in having them be on AEW TV, especially now that they've got Adam Cole, baby, and and so like they dude, dropped the title to Christian and that one sent him on their way. That dude, well, that one dude wearing the inflated baby costume with the baby on the bib that was pretty oh my funny. God. <laughs> So yeah, and then overall, like I said, rest of Dynamite was was uh, pretty decent. I watched Rampage. Did I watch it last night or the night before? I think I watched Rampage last night. I thought Rampage was pretty good too. Uh, they started was that off- was Rampage or Dynamite with uh, with uh, Bridey and and Kingston. Um, right? that uh, was, was on the Rampage. Dyna- no, that was a, that was on Dynamite. Okay, because yeah. I feel like we need to talk about that because that match yeah. is fucking stellar. Yeah, that match was fucking stellar. It, it was a really good match. Was that on Dino? Oh, now, I'm a, now it's going to bother me. I thought it kicked off Rampage because usually they try to kick off Rampage. Ram- no, you're right. Yeah. It did kick off Rampage. You're right because it, it started off hot. You're right. Okay, yeah. It kind plus, of plus then it like spilled into a segment with Punk at the mm-hmm. end, which Punk seems to only be on Rampage at this point for the most part. So He wrestled a match on yeah. Dynamite. Yeah, but that was his first match on Dynamite. Yeah. So, but he's he he's been primarily like there to try to boost ratings on Rampage, which is well, working. he he's always been com- he's always been a commentator on Dynamite, mm-hmm. and then he wrestles yeah. on Rampage. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, this time it was a a little bit of a the other way around. But yeah, so Eddie Kingston and Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson fucking brought it. Yeah. Dude, Danielson's chest, how fucking beat it, red it was. Oh, my always God. Always just looks like some fucking ground beef after the end of the matches. Yeah. Yeah. And Kay- they, they his. You notice that with like a lot of these guys, when they get into a lot of these like, chopping matches and stuff, how any more some people's chests are just like, my God. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's going to be the, back. That's gonna be the new thing. Instead of having the, the droopy, scarred up forehead from blading, they're just gonna have fucked up chests like Kofi Kingston that are like caved in from too many chops. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, or they're just gonna have like uh like I don't know, like uh welt welt marks or like what what are those like kinda like bumpy like scars that you get? Like, like skin tags? In, ingrown hairs or some shit like that from <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> From their chest bleeding, all, too much. all of their chests are just gonna look like Dusty Rhodes' forehead when they're like sixty years old. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean at that point your chest is gonna look pretty wrinkly anyway, unless you're like a... yeah. But usually that's more just your tits start sagging, not so much that you're fucking get wrinkles down your your fucking sternum. Baby, there's nothing wrong with the wrinkles in your titties, baby. <laughs> okay, it's good uh, to hide things in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> 
but yeah, the match was great. And then the the spillover segment with Punk was really good too. It seemed like really authentic. Like Kingston just pissed that he's like, mm-hmm. I didn't tap. Like I didn't tap. The match shouldn't have been over. I didn't tap. And you know, Punk was like, Hey, you want to go to what do you say? Like you want you want me to put you to sleep or something like that? Yeah, he's like, you want you want to go back to sleep? Yeah. We can. <laughs> so I'm but, sure- I mean. It's- Sorry, Eddie, but you, you had, apparently had a match with, with uh, Kevin here, and he uh, slipped you a Mickey, and you fell asleep in the middle of the ring. <laughs> oh, that's the name of the finisher. Slippy and Mickey. Slippy and Mickey. <laughs> Gimmick Minute. So direct, not even like attempting to be coy with it. Gimmick Minute Wrestling Podcast, episode 110. Slipped you a Mickey. <laughs> there we go. Slippy and Mickey. There's the title. Write it down now, because you'll forget it, and then I'll forget it, because I'm too tired. <laughs> so... Uh, Man, I I don't know the um, the the Dante Martin Matt Seidel match. It was it was a good match, and I, I'm glad Dante Martin won. But Matt Seidel at this point, I mean, he doesn't win ever. But it was go back to being. Yeah, it was it was fun match to watch. But what do you think of uh, Abaddon and Britt Baker closing the show out? I mean, it, it definitely was one of the first times that I felt like Britt was in trouble. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. I was all, honestly Also, didn't she did she bite that let fucking chick's ear off? I believe so. That's what that spot was. It looked like she like, grabbed her by the side of the head and she bit and there was blood and then she was just, like screaming like she bit my ear or some shit is what I could have swore. Huh. I don't know. I guess I miss that. It was at the very end. Of the, it was literally the the fucking end of the match because she gets up on the apron. Uh, Abaddon gets up, runs up, grabs her, like bites her on the side of the head. There's oh, blood everywhere, gotcha. and then Britt rolls her up. Oh, okay, yeah. And then, yeah. like as they're running up the, the ramp, she's like holding her head, like yelling, "Death!" Like that bitch bit my ear or something. <laughs> well, I mean, good job making it look believable. And Abaddon, I mean, she is a an interesting character. I mean, I wish we could see a little bit more of her, but I guess in a way, though, too. Less is more. You get that that attraction. Yeah. You know, I guess uh, that is the one nice thing about AEW having such a deep roster is that you can you can save things for an attraction. You don't have to put them on TV every week. So I, I, I guess the the way that they do use some of these guys is is uh, is pretty spot on. But you know, and and really, Avanon is. I mean from the waist down very attractive but then when you get to the top of her head like it's I thought Kevin was talking for a second there it threw me off <laughs> no, no. I mean, that's, that, that's even low that's even low for me Jason uh, I mean that's that's the only thing I kept thinking about during the whole match I was like man she's got a nice ass. what the hell is going on with her what face the... uh-huh. <laughs> Jesus Christ no but she like um that's what you that's what you call butterface, baby. No, no credit credit to her though because I guess like um, she was on the Jericho cruise as well, and she was on there in full gimmick the entire time. She wore that makeup, that mask, like, everything that's the entire a, time. Suck. Yeah, like just did not even let it go. So you know she's she's definitely she's, she's kind of like another was one she, with uh, house and keeping kayfabe alive. Yeah, she posted a, a photo or something on Twitter or whatever, but she had like a like face cover, like she won't like. Show her actual face. She doesn't show her actual face. On like scary luchador. I feel like somebody somebody had a post that said uh, Abaddon without the makeup, and I thought it was like I was like that's probably just clickbait. I'm not gonna fucking click on it. Plus, I don't at this point I don't want to know what she looks like because I you know you just want to sit there during her matches and be like, damn, look at that ass. Then she turns around. 
No, he doesn't want to know what she looks like because he's going to be afraid. He's like, oh, damn, she is fine. <laughs> he's like, she can bite my ear off. Yeah. Any day. Give me a little nibble nibble. Abaddon. Yeah, Abaddon. Nibble that ear. Hub. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> And as per usual, Kevin took it too far. Uh, so. In his defense, you're the one who lined this all up. I know. You're the I one who started a segment with, man, look at that ass. My, so, bad. Like. My bad. All right. So, yeah, I, I mean, overall, I thought Dynamite was pretty solid. Um, SmackDown, I don't know if anything of note really. I feel like something happened on SmackDown of note, but I'm trying to remember what it is. Other than, you know, Baron Corbin and Shinsuke and Happy madcap whatever in a stupid trick-or-treat fight there was something else that happened yeah that was significant stupid. but now i'm like drawing a blank uh, as to what it was the only thing charlotte, i get charlotte's from Smack- promo yeah charlotte's promo yeah oh yeah where she yeah her, yeah i thought that was pretty interesting but now i thought there was something else though too who's gonna who's next up for I mean, I thought fucking well, no, Roman's no, um, segment was really good, well, he, but he was he was on the show though. Oh no, that's right. Yeah, my bad. Um, because when I read about it. When I read oh, about it. Jay, I was thinking about the week how, before. My fault with uh, him think his thing with uh, with Paul, where he was like <laughs> that. That was the week before, no, though. My fault. Yeah. So so Jason Powell from um, ProWrestling.net. So he reviewed the show and everything, and at the very end, he said Roman Reigns. I acknowledge you because this show tonight sure did suck without you. That's <laughs> <laughs> a good. Oh, say it. it was uh, the King Woods segment where he knighted Kofi. That That's was pretty. Right. That yeah. was pretty decent. That was fun. And then the Usos came out, and then they ended up having the match at the end of the night, which was a which was a pretty decent match. But yeah, overall, there was not much to the show. I think not having Roman. Have you, have you guys been seeing the uh, the dark matches between? Uh, the bloodline and um, fuck the street profits and Drew McIntyre, where Paul Heyman gets tagged in. Yes, I did see that video. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and oh, Roman just man. looks up, like, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" Yeah. <laughs> and then, like he trips, gets beat up, rolls out of the ring, and he's like leaning over the announce table, and Roman just comes out like, "How you doing there?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. All right, so I guess we'll kind of wrap things up by talking about Dark Side of the Ring. Michael, I know you really haven't. Have you watched any of the recent episodes? I am, I am at least three weeks behind. Okay, did you watch? You didn't watch Luna? No. Luna Vachon? Okay. Um, and you didn't watch the XPW episode? Nope. I have not watched. I'm at least three weeks behind. All right. So well, there's probably no point to really talk about this because I really like Mike's input. A lot of these. Well, I'll tell you the one thing we I can say is that I do want him to watch it, um, especially the the steroid trial one because mm-hmm. you tend to villainize Vince McMahon a lot, and in this episode, I really feel like a lot of these writers are just completely bitter, and they come across that way to me. So I'm curious how they come across to you. Like if you if you okay. agree with yeah. them and how they feel or if you are with, with me and they how how'd you feel they come across, Kev? Uh, it's kind of a catch twenty like I think like some of the stuff that Vince has done in the past, like he is definitely guilty of. Um he probably never like directly said you need to take steroids. 
But like I said, he never directly said that. I'm sure he implied it. Yeah, he was like, times. listen, holla if you hear me. Go yeah. meet my boy, Big Papa Pump. He is your hookup. I'm, I'm sure there are some truths to it, but I, I think it's a two-way street. I'm sure there, there's bitterness and there is truth. Well, you know and, what I mean? So, And the question of whether or not he or any of the wrestlers use steroids is not even up for debate. And, and it's not no. – and, and, and really at the – and Jerry McDivitt makes a very good point in saying they were legal. During the time that he was accused of this – they were legal. The people using them weren't doing anything illegal. So they were trying to get people to testify holding this over their head when it it was legal. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it was just as legal to take steroids as it was to take an aspirin at a, at a point in time. It was, but it was the things like Hogan getting caught in a lie on Arsenio Hall. Yeah. And, you know and, what I mean? Like, and, and, that's, and that is what it is. Okay. But, but lying about taking them and being indicted on a federal charge for distributing them is a complete, those are two completely different things. Like that's the, the thing funny. That- the funniest thing too, the funniest thing too, is that how McMahon was pissed at Hogan for testifying, but Hogan like defended him. Yeah. Well, and that's the, but that, that was, was the, per- but that was the perception that those guys had. McDivitt even said that they kind of all celebrated it after. So I don't, I don't know if, if, if he really ever actually was pissed at Hogan because Hogan did, you know, I, I mean, maybe because Hogan said on the stand, like, yeah, I mean, may, if McMahon had some extra, he gave it to me. If I had some extra, I gave it to him. Like Hogan came right out and said, yeah, I mean, we used them. We both did. You know, we worked out together. Like, that was the norm. Like, that's what we did. But he didn't sell them to me. He didn't force me to take them. He didn't give them to me and say, hey, do this. Like, it's just, it was a part of the norm. Like, these guys were all bodybuilders. Like, they took it to, you know, help recover their muscles and make their bodies look like a million bucks. Like, that's what they were doing. Yeah. And when it became it illegal. Easy, it was, it was easy, yeah, it was easy to just take down wrestling. Because especially at that time, yeah. you know what I mean? So... My big thing, too, is, like, because all this exploded, you know, 1991, 92. And honestly, I don't really, at the time, I really don't, like, I didn't know what was going on, like, when we were of age or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew a little bit, but not a lot. But, like, this was also the time where, like, all the Ring Boy scandal stuff was coming out, too, which, like, it, that's something I would, if they were going to do another season... I don't know how they would do it, but the do a Ring Boy scandal episode mm. Was would, would be Pat, good. Pat Patterson, Pat Patterson, Terry Garvin, uh, and then uh, okay. Mel Phillips, Terry Garvin, and Pat Patterson were the ones that were big time accused of it all. So I think that would be a good episode. Oh man, Vince would have an aneurysm if they did that. Cause oh, yeah. That's his boy. Yeah. Oh yeah. But there's also been so, a lot of people that have come out and defended Pat and said that none of it was true, though, too, that were not Vince McMahon. So, I don't know. I guess it'd be be interesting to see. But at the same time, though, and, you know, to to give Kevin a little rub, I uh, I, I listened to the episode of Grill and JR where, uh, where they read Kevin's question about the Mount Rushmore. But also in that episode, a little bit around, a little bit before that time, they talked about uh, JR was pissed about how they used his sound bites 
for the Dark Side of the Ring plane ride from hell episode and basically like took segments of him answering other questions and put them into other spots in the show that made it sound like he was saying something else. And and he said he was a little upset about that. And then even it wasn't Conrad who was doing the episode. It was um, that other guy. Paul, Paul Brom. Yeah. Paul, Paul Brom. Paul Bromwell or whatever. Paul, whatever. Yeah. He, yeah. And he had said like, he had said something to the extent of, yeah, I don't know if they, you know, um, I know they're in a little hot water over some of the, um, relationships or some of the, uh, the reputations they ruined and stuff like that as a result of that show. And, and even, um, said that Mike Kyoto had even said that there were, there were times that he was laughing about something completely different, but then they cut that clip into, him talking about something serious and kind of made him come across like an asshole, which they did. But I've also heard Mike Kyoto in other interviews and thought he came across like an asshole too. So I think that's just Mike Kyoto personally, but I, I don't think there's a single segment in that show that had him where he didn't come off like an asshole. So I feel like no yeah. matter what response they used, it was already kind of done. Right. So maybe, maybe they took some of it out of context. Maybe they didn't, but I think at the end of the day, Mike Kyoto still an ass. <laughs> <laughs> And Mike Kyoto, does he not have the voice of a man who has smoked three packs? Oh, without a doubt. Which he is a big time smoker. I'm, so you could just tell. <laughs> I mean, I listened to an entire interview with him on Jericho's podcast where he sounded like a complete asshole the entire time he was talking, and there was no editing <laughs> or cutting there. Like he was yeah. just having a conversation his, with Jericho, putting himself over a his, bunch. Yeah. He sounds like an asshole reading a children's book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't believe they did that to Bret Hart. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it was it, it was definitely it was definitely interesting, but in and really with any type of documentary, there should always be taking it with a grain of salt, right? Because a, a lot of documentaries do that, where they'll you know they're trying to fit a particular narrative. Now, Dark Side of the Ring. To to my to my understanding, those guys, especially in the first couple seasons, never wanted to pick a side. They always mm-hmm. wanted to play that neutral and let the story play out so the so the, the watcher could pick and choose. Maybe something mm-hmm. changed or maybe they have somebody else editing the shows now to where maybe they're not taking that approach and they're trying to make it look a little bit more scandalous and paint a different narrative and not really let the audience choose. But, you know, with this, um, and that's why I'm so curious for you to watch the, uh, the, the, uh, the steroid trial one, Michael, because for me, I came out of that saying, yeah, I mean, the, the federal government had no, it was a witch hunt without a doubt. And some of these journalists to me, it's just sour grapes. Like they're pissed at Vince McMahon for other things. And they're trying to villainize him in the situation because the federal government was doing the same thing. Whereas I'm sure other people probably watched it and they're thinking, yeah, that guy got away with this. And yeah. you know, it's just another thing that the, that he got away with and blah, 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 blah. So now, now after watching that, and this, that segment they show with Meltzer and McMahon on the Phil Donahue show, which I have seen that yeah. show on YouTube. Do you now understand why, like Bruce Pritchard fucking hates Dave Meltzer without a it's doubt. because of shit. Yeah. It's because of shit like that. So, um, yeah, it's, it was, 
and shout out to John Morrison for having probably the best Halloween costume. <laughs> you know, he, as Meltzer. He, he went as the, he had, he had five stars. Yeah. <laughs> and he gave his, co- his, gave his own costume five and a half stars. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, that absolutely awesome. amazing. Absolutely back, amazing. Back to Dark Side of the Ring though, real quick. I, one thing I do find interesting, cause you, you mentioned that, you know, up until this point, it's always come across as they are like the neutral party, just trying to, you know, let the story play out of how, with the people who were involved or had knowledge of it makes me also wonder if maybe all these people suddenly had a change of heart when they realized how it made their friend Ric Flair look, because this, we haven't had this happen until this point. That's true. And, and now like, you know, where, where Conrad was a huge supporter of the show, JR was a huge supporter of the show. Now all of a mm-hmm. sudden they're like, oh, yeah, these mm-hmm. guys kind of edit things weird and make it sound so. Yeah, you're right. And I thought of that too. Like, I, I, I and that's another thing to take with a grain of salt because I'd never heard, because I've heard JR talk about those guys before. And even mm-hmm. after he said that, he's like, look, I really like those guys that, that, that edit that show. Um, but in this particular case, I feel like they, you know, took some liberties or whatever. But yeah, like that was the first time I've ever heard anybody really say anything about yeah, that they, they've, negatively. They've made fucking monsters out of how many people? Yeah, and they they hit Ric Flair, and everyone's like, "Oh, that's not how I said it." Yeah. But it's like even like when RVD came out and like tried to say his shit was out of context, I'm like. He literally had it wasn't like he like had just like little five second sound bites. He had full sentences where he yeah. fucking straight up threw Flair under the bus and like said he mm. witnessed shit and now he's gonna try to backpedal. It just it seems very, very much like, you know, the locker room protecting the boys. You gotta protect the the Nate because he's the Nate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's very true. And and you know, you look at the now there there doesn't seem to be a relationship between them and Conrad anymore, where Conrad was mm-hmm. doing the dark side of the pod and he was promoting their stuff all the time. There has not been one mention about the second half of Dark Side of the Ring. He hasn't talked about it on any of his podcasts at all. Anytime nope. he's had anything, he has not mentioned them one single solitary second. So that definitely, I, I think that episode caught him by surprise or maybe the, the fallout caught mm-hmm. caught him by surprise. Because, you know, and Conrad probably heard that same story and thought, that's eh, it's just H being H. Like, because that's what a lot of people said. But at mm-hmm. the same time, when you're hearing it from the victim herself, it's mm-hmm. a, it's a little bit of a yeah. different story, and it's kind of hard to write that off. It's and different say, when he's when he's wagging his wiener at the boys versus when he's putting it in some stranger's hand. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Touch it. Yeah. So uh, I'm just saying. I mean, we're we're soulless here. We'll take their money if they we want to have the dark side of the gimmick. I'm down. I'm good with it too. Yeah. I'll, I'll reach out. Yeah. To, I'll reach out to reach Evan. Out to him. I'll reach out to Evan Husney again and see if I can get him to respond to me. I, I sent him a DM, but he never responded back the first time. Just just so. tweet directly at him. That's the best way. Is you know, in the in the court of social media, just straight be like, hey, since Conrad won't touch you, we will. Just <laughs> like Claire did. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. So uh, we'll, we'll be your flight attendant to if you'll be oh, our player. <laughs> I will say this though too. Make sure that you do watch the XPW show because that mm. shit is bonkers. Like that oh, <laughs> fucking God. like like just just imagine for a second that a porn producer decided he wanted to start a wrestling company 
And then think about like the, just some of the stories that they were telling about the wrestlers like going into like practice, and they got like the one guy's describing a story. He goes, "Yeah, I'm walking in there, and there's this girl in a hot tub eating a full chicken while some guy pees on her. Like what the <laughs> like what the yeah, fuck? Yeah, that 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 was a disturbing fucking episode. Like I mean, that was. Oh, yeah. I mean, I plan on watching all of the episodes that I've missed so far. It's just with all the other TV Dude. that that I'm trying to catch up on, and then work. I just haven't had the time. This guy fancies this guy. Uh, you know, whatever Rob Black or whatever he he fancies yeah. he, he fancies himself like a mafia don. So when there's one guy that like pissed him off, like he sent like a hit squad after this guy. Like no, oh. no, legit, and just just the story, just listening to well, that I story mean, was the, fucking the guy hilarious. Did, the guy did bang his girlfriend. His so, girlfriend his was a porn star. Everybody on the, everybody and their mother banged her. So, like, what yeah, the but they're being paid to. There's a difference. And this dude, this dude is he's mad that this guy's banging his his wife or girlfriend while he's getting blowjobs from all the girls that work for his porn industry. Yeah, that's true. He's a fucking uh, porn yeah. producer. Oh, like, I'm what? not. Oh, I'm not defending him. I just, you know, it's just. Uh, I don't know. I just think it's, it's just, funny. It, it, it's just the, the, it was, the best. The best up. part of that episode, though, was New Jack. This was, uh, I think, New Jack's last interview that he did with with Dark Side mm-hmm. of the Ring before he died. And he goes, "Yeah, I signed a contract with them. I needed some money and the porn." <laughs> He's like, "Oh yeah, I got to go to the warehouse, and he said I could have whatever I wanted. I was backing up trucks and like, <laughs> shipping crates <laughs> home. All the porn." <laughs> <laughs> oh my hilarious. god! Oh my like god. his eyes like light up like a kid and cr- kid a kid going down the to see the presents under the Christmas tree. <laughs> like it's just <laughs> he was just seeing the, the titties in the DVD player. Oh my god! It was fucking hilarious. Oh fucking hilarious! And then he also talks about too because that was the promotion where he almost you know they talked about a little bit in the New Jack episode, but when he threw that guy off the scaffolding. It almost killed him. It was in yeah. that. It was in XPW that that happened. Oh. So he he goes a little bit more in detail about that too, which which was which was fun to watch. So definitely, that, that's the that's the footage where everybody always said, "Oh, here's Owen Hart's fall," but it was actually New Jack throwing Vic Grimes off the scaffolding, oh. and like people people would post videos say, "Oh, here's I got a video of uh, Owen Hart's fall," and it was New Jack that's throwing Vic Grimes. <laughs> Yes, man. Yeah. Gotta get them YouTube views. Yeah, that's fucked up that people would even want to watch that. <laughs> oh, oh god, man. I know. But and the Luna, the Luna episode's good, but it's just a good like kind of profile piece on her, and you get to understand a little bit more about her. I know, Mike. I think you said you don't even remember who she was. Yeah. I bet you. I bet you if you see the episode and you see her, maybe it'll click a little bit. But I mean, I vaguely remember because she wasn't she a part of like Raven's Flock or something like that. Yeah, she, um, worked, she was in ECW no, was, for a little while. She debuted at WrestleMania 9 with Shawn Michaels, like, on the big time. Um, then she partnered with Bam Bam. She was with, like, the Oddities and stuff, Attitude Era. Yeah, remember the Oddities, sure. the Kurgan, and the fucking, when John Tenta dressed up like some dude with a deformed face that had lumps in his head? How old do you think I am? You you were you watched wrestling during the Attitude Era. It was in the nineties. Yeah, but I mean, I was really a WCW kid. So oh, like, that's I right. You a were more bit. like two thousands WWE. Yeah, that's right. You were the, you were the ruthless aggression era. Yeah, because like I caught bits and pieces of uh, the the WWF like part of the Attitude Era, but I was primarily with WCW until like the end of that. 
Yeah. Speaking of WCW, I did get my uh, Kevin Nash Outsiders WWE Legends figure, so I was pretty excited about that. I need to go pick mine up. It's waiting Woo! at Target. Too sweet. Along with the Billy Gun, badass Billy Gun figure. So I was a little excited about that. So now I got the whole NWO, the original three members. I got uh, I got Hollywood. Even get Paul the whole Nash. NWO. Well, I mean. Yeah. Obviously. All 503 yeah. members. Obviously. Yeah. I don't have section 292. <laughs> you, have to take a, you have to take a mortgage out to get all the members in. You have know? to buy a whole new house just to put all the I think members if in. I, I, think if I, could get, yeah. I think if I could get six, I'll be okay. I think uh, I think it's the only the only four members I need. Oh, you need to get him. You need to get uh, Virg- or Vincent. Vince you need to get DiBiase. I have DiBiase, just not NWO DiBiase. And, and then the, the giant. Two, that'd be a real easy fucking switch. Just get like some like heavier set fella, put an NWO shirt on, pop his head on there, and you're good. Yeah. There you go. Oh, man. Cool. All right. Well, anything else now, to talk about before we wrap uh, things up? I just want to know are they going to come out with a um, figures? What are these? What are, what are the, what's the line called? That you guys uh, well, there's there's elite, there's basic, there's ultimates, there's legends. Like they have a lot. Yeah, they do. Have a okay, lot. so they should come out with a legends line that is the giant and Hulk Hogan, and then the Yeti and the giant. Um, they're, they, they're coming out the with Yeti. a Yeti figure. They come, but like him humping Hulk Hogan. Uh, I mean, I don't think he's humping him in the box. No, you have to you have to cu- you have to customize that yourself because there already yeah. is there already is a giant figure elite figure yeah and of course yeah there's got, a, a couple hulk hogan's there is a, yeah they're coming out with the yeti i'm pretty sure there isn't a wcw era hulk hogan figure though the only one would be yeah because that was when he was in red and yellow right yeah he was still in red and yellow so, yeah, he was they, still in the red and yellow no, there, trunks there, at that time one? i thought there was one because there's one where he it's he's in the long Red and yellow tights. He had, but he's got he, like was the, still, he was still in the short tights at this point, though. Oh, he's still in the yeah, trunks. He was still okay. in the trunks at this point. Because uh, there's one where he's like got like cowboy trunks. boots on, and I thought that was when he was in. Nah, he in WCW. He came back with the red and yellow in WCW for a hot minute before WCW folded. But yeah, mm-hmm. he, he was that that bat that was back in the that was a Halloween Havoc episode. That was the one where they did the monster truck thing. And he was still mm-hmm. in the red and yellow tights at that time. If I'm, I'm pretty sure. At least yeah, he well, he well, well, he just he dre- he started dressing in black just because he was oh, on the dark side. That's right. that whole, yeah, that whole okay, he was but wearing was, black, it, black tights or something maybe. But it, but it, it was also his way of marketing to see. Okay, they were playing on turning him heel. They had talked about it at that point, so he wanted to see how he looked in black. He was trying to get himself ideas because he was so. This is one thing about him. He's so smart about. It. He's like, okay, I want to see what I can wear, what I look like. You know, am I going to go to the long pants? Because at that time, he still wore the trunks and mm-hmm. knee pads, and like he had always worn. So he was starting to transition into like pants, and he was like, okay, which you know, he's starting to market himself as far as you know, thinking in the future. So look at Hogan evolving. How about that? <laughs> But, uh, but yeah. All right, cool. Well, anything else? Uh, I, you know, actually, I did want to ask you guys this because Kevin did hit, get his question read on Grill and JR. His question was, 
your women's Mount women's Mount Rushmore. And I feel like Jr. kind of answered it, but didn't. He said like Britt ba- he, he, he put Britt he Baker did, and Thunder Rosa on it already, and he, they're still. That's that's I I was very disappointed by his answer too. Yeah, like what I mean, because like at first he was like, "Wow," oh. I'm like, "Oh, cool!" Like he yeah, he like, like really actually, thought about it for a second. Yeah. It, but then, and they went on talking about like different things afterwards, which I thought I was like, okay, this is cool. But he, you know, he had Charlotte. But here's the thing: even Charlotte, Becky, I could maybe see Charlotte, yeah, being on there. But like, I'm just sitting there thinking, God, Jr. What about all those women like Lita, Trish Stratus? Yeah. Like, I would start all these women. I would start it with Trish and Lita. I I would maybe put Becky on there because of how she transcended, mm-hmm. but. You know, even somebody like like a Sherry Martell or a Lundra Blaze, like Medusa, like somebody like that, I, I would I, almost say too. But I would almost say Sherry Martell because she was, first of all, she was an amazing wrestler. Mm-hmm. And I guess she really, and I, I guess, I don't know, I didn't really specify as far as like, because if you're talking about women, like Miss Elizabeth should be on, should be on the Mount Rushmore. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? She wasn't a wrestler. Right. So yeah, are we so, talking? Yeah, are we talking people who got in the ring like, or just like ballets yeah. or everything? Or yeah, so I just asked. I just said wrestlers. So basically, you know, obviously Miss Elizabeth never wrestled. Like woman really never wrestled. So I guess they don't really count. But like, right. yeah, me personally, I would, I would say of that era, Trish Stratus. Like if I'm taking one from that era, I put on there. Um, I know it's 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 difficult for people to say Moolah, but how do you That's not? Just because of the shit she fucking did. So yeah. I mean, then then that means you can't put Ric Flair or Hulk Hogan. Some or, some of that some of that <laughs> you know what I mean? like, some of that Moolah stuff even came out during the Luna episode too, because she was actually a part of that yeah. whole thing. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, but yeah, I, I would say Trish. Um, I, I'm I'm gonna say Moolah. Um, I would say Charlotte and I don't know. I mean, I, I maybe, maybe a lunge blaze Medusa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think if you had to take somebody from each era, that would probably be the way to go. Um, cause I, I really think when it's all said and done, you know, unfortunately, <sighs> Younger generations are going to remember this as the moment that the women's that the that women's wrestling became a thing. And I'm sure a lot of people would stick with people like Becky, Sasha, Bailey, Charlotte, and, and even, you know, to a certain extent, even Britt Baker could even be in that conversation. I think I think as time goes on, maybe you'll still get people that remember Trish and Lita. But you're not going to have a lot of people that remember Moolah or Alondra Blaze or you know some of those other women. Unfortunately, I think even if they do, they're going to remember Moolah from like the Attitude Era and like Real Discussion Era, where her and Mae Young would show up for comedy bits. Right, and, and really, when mm-hmm. you think about it too, like Alondra Blaze really didn't have anybody to wrestle. Like she, when she was on WWE TV, like she was, yeah, she was the women's champion for, you know, five years, but they, they had her wrestle like Bull Nakana like a hundred times and like they would bring in talent to wrestle. There wasn't a women's division. It was literally her and they would just 
bring in international exports to have matches with her, but there was no that that was really about it. There wasn't much of a and and the matches were were not very long and they were just kind of they were what they were. And even I don't even remember her necessarily as Medusa even really wrestling that much. Like she she showed up on WCW TV and she threw the title in the trash, but I don't remember her even having a match after that. No, nah, she did. Um she had some matches and stuff, but like I said, I mean, Not very eventually, many, yeah. I mean, she like, no, she did, she did. I mean, they had they had a women's title and everything, believe it or not, for a little time. Like I said, it was not big time. But who was she in did. their women's division other than her, though? Because there was nobody well, else. Bon Bo- 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 went. <laughs> okay. <over> <laughs> no, I'm just no, I'm just, I'm just telling. You. Yeah, I know. I got but you. No, but she, but she, but she did have matches with uh, Sister Sherry. Over there, and then really, I think what happened with their women's division is they marketed more towards like the New Japan side because New Japan had a bunch of women's wrestlers, so that's where they had those matches, and that's why you just really never saw them. Well, and I I learned, I, I, I listened to Scott Norton on Chris Jericho's podcast and learned that there was a lot of WCW going on in Japan during that era that you don't even really know about because it was like they were just trading talent over there like there was a whole nother mm-hmm. division of the nwo in japan there was oh, N- yeah there was nwo japan with scott norton and a few other guys that that went over there you know yeah like, muda Moschono. yeah the big guys never went over there but <laughs> but yeah scott norton and those other guys there so but uh yeah it's kind of interesting and he he went into a little bit more detail about some of the some of the uh the north korea stuff too which was which was kind of fun and, uh, yeah, I, I started listening to it, but like, it's hard Scott to li- sound like it's hard to yeah. listen to because he sounds like he's talking through McDonald's drive through yeah. the whole time. So at least because well, he's probably he's probably actually like literally calling in via Zoom or something. Yeah, without a headset or anything like that. Yeah. Like, dude, get some fucking AirPods. Like, the, plug in a plug in some headphones. Even Kevin has yeah. headphones. He's not talking to us yeah. on speakerphone. Yeah. Be professional. I mean, I can. I mean, I mean, come on. If I can do this from my iPhone, Scott Norton, you can do it from your fucking iPhone, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> no. Some of the interesting he talked. Some of the interesting stuff he talked about, though, too, is about uh, being a part of the um, like arm wrestling world and stuff like that, too, which was pretty interesting. Like how he got started in the wrestling business was actually kind of a fun thing to listen to as well. So um, he, I guess, he was really good friends with uh, Road Warrior Hawk. And um, he, he got offered a contract when he was in Japan for because he was traveling because he was a part of like, uh, you know, the movie over the top. Like, I guess he was a mm-hmm. part. He was a part of all of that. And um, he was doing media tours for over the top. And because he was a professional arm wrestler and he was in Japan and some guy like New Japan offered him a wrestling contract and he called Hawk and he goes, hey, do you know anything about New Japan wrestling? He goes, yeah. He's like, well, you know, they offered me a contract. He was like, if you don't take it, I'll fucking kill you. Because <laughs> <laughs> I guess Hawk was trying to get him to join to be a wrestler for a long time. But yeah, so that's a, that's an interesting listen if you can get through the well. fact that it's so hard to listen to. So, all right, cool. Well, anything else before we wrap this up? We're actually about an hour or so here, um, just a little over. But how about that? Well. <laughs> Not an hour and a half. This was not, not an hour and a half long podcast. All right. I don't know. I feel like we should, I think we, we should ramble about something else. Is, is, is Kevin, like, taping someone up in his basement? Oh, who would be on your Mount Rushmore, Mike? 
I was I was wondering if I was going to get asked, but then I was like, oh, it, this means I get to go back to sleep, so I wasn't going to question it. Um, I was trying to get you to play Apex with me after this. <laughs> good luck. Yeah, no, I have to go grocery shopping, sadly. Um, so, uh, man. Sorry, I forgot it's three in the afternoon there. <laughs> I, I would say for sure Lita. Rather than Mulai, I'd probably go Mae Young. Yeah. Then... Because of what she did in the attitude era. Yeah, because she, she, she continued past that point. She was a part of that, like, kind of big, you know, She made up, a up name swing. for herself, yeah. Yeah, she managed to kind of adapt and keep herself relevant, even though she could, clearly was not going to be wrestling anymore. Um, even though she'd do spots with, like, fucking get powerbombed through tables and shit. I, I, think, her, I, think, I think her getting powerbombed. to a hand. Yeah. I think her getting powerbombed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Her getting power bombed <laughs> off the stage by Bubba Ray Dudley through a table puts her puts her on the Mount Rushmore for sure. Yeah. I, I can agree with you there. I mean, she she straight up was the she was the Betty White of WWE. Let's be real. Like, um, so I'd, I'd for sure go those two. I I would say Trish, and then if I was gonna choose anyone from like the more like current day, it would it would more likely be Becky and Britt just because Becky got more over than anyone else in the fucking industry for a solid year. And Brit, I don't know if there's anyone who can even, you know, come close to her level with her promos and stuff in the way that she can command a crowd. All right. She also came out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. She she wasn't yeah, someone wait. who like we, we saw just like slowly like build from NXT or anything like we did with like the four horsewomen. She straight up was like, Oh, people know of her because, you know, she kinda has been in the indies and you know, she's Adam like Adam Cole's girlfriend stuff, and then it was like, Wow, she is already on that next level that no one's touching her. She she pretty much turned it into Adam Cole's her boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a pretty much. Yeah. That's how good she is. It, it it went from her being Adam Cole's girlfriend to him being her boyfriend. Right. Yeah, right, right. All right, cool. All right, good. Yeah, he's probably fine with that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he definitely had some some positive tweets about her. Like when she finished that one lights out match with Thunder Rosa, he's like, "My girlfriend's a badass." So yeah, <laughs> he'll he'll put her over any chance he can get. So. All right, but hey, thank you guys for listening to this week's episode of the show. Um, hope you really enjoyed it. You can listen to our previous episodes by going back through the archives if you subscribe to the podcast. We're available on so many different podcast networks, it's hard to count. But the most popular ones are like Spotify, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. You can also find out when the show drops. I'm very Spotify, Jason. Thank you, Kevin. I appreciate that. You can also find out when the episode drops by following us on our Twitter, which is at LiveYourGimmick. Again, that's the at symbol followed by L-I-V-Y-O-U-R-G-I-M-M-I-C-K. You can also catch Michael, if you like the sound of his voice, on his show called Modern Toy Fair. And I should have an episode dropping here pretty soon where I'm a guest, right? Exactly. Yes. So this upcoming Friday, November the 5th, 
we get to hear about how Jason plays with his toys once we go off the air. So make sure to check that out. It will be both on <laughs> video and audio only options. If you want to watch the video and actually see him play with his toys, it's uh, youtube.com forward slash modern toy fair. If you just want the audio only version, just look up modern toy fair on any podcast app, including Spotify. Um, I, just, I, just look, I just look up and he's just dancing having a good old time he's it's like going like this. I get to like, be on someone else's show going like this. I was not pitching my nipples forget the other thing that's the new title of the show I was not <laughs> pitching my nipples but it's like he just it's like he he's like a little toddler who just had like his first bite of like cake or whatever and you're yeah, like, and he's like <laughs> why do you keep rubbing your nipples <laughs> I was not like starts twisting him. He's like, I, my mm. hands weren't even touching my chest. <laughs> he was going like this. Uh, you guys are fucked uh, up. All right. Anyway, yeah. Uh, also, uh, Twitter and Instagram at Modern Toy Fair for updates and pictures and shit. Cheapublic cool. um, com for shirts. Get it? Get if you if you like all the discussion of of nipples, we we literally have a shirt that uh, is about model kits that's called Show Me Your Nips. So go check that out. All right, that time I pinched my nipple. Anyway, thank you guys again for watching or watching, listening to this episode of the show. We do appreciate it. Uh, for Michael and Kevin, I am Jason, reminding you smarks out there to be a fan and always live your gimmick. Trust <laughs> Hi, everybody. Em. Trust them, baby. Mm, just like that. Is this uh, MS? What, what's that? A R M S R? MS. The dyslexic man trying to say ASMR. ASMR. I was about to say MSRP. You had it. Multiple sclerosis.